On this episode, we talk about ghost kitchens, also known as virtual kitchens, and how that trend has been picking up steam in San Diego's restaurant scene during the pandemic. You see, with a smartphone in hand, anything can be virtual these days. But you don't need Zoom or Teams or FaceTime for this. It's really something much different. We will break down the trend for you. We take a look at three ghost kitchens running in San Diego right now, each backed by a famous name. This includes the newest one to debut, and that's Sam the Cooking Guy's project over at Seaport Village, which is called Eats by Sam. Sam joins us to talk about how he's activating the space to better suit these pandemic times that we're living in. We like the idea of a proper brick and mortar kind of thing, which we hadn't quite done yet, and we took it. And then and then the pandemic hit. You are listening to our Scene in San Diego podcast. Hey Candace, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Always good to see you. You too. So I'm I'm excited to dive into the topic here today of ghost kitchens with you. I know you've been keeping a pulse on this trend for a while, so I always like uh, learning a little more about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been learning about it too, and I've, I've really seen it pick up in the last few months as people have been sort of switching their dining habits to include a lot more takeout and pickup. I know I have. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Okay, so we're just going to start with the basics for folks who might not be familiar with the ghost kitchens trend, you know, just kind of talking about what it is and how it works. And I just want to say first and foremost, though, you better not tell me it has anything to do with actual ghosts or haunted things, Candace. I don't do scary. I don't want any part of it. And 2020 has been scary enough. Thank you very much. Oh, nothing scary here. Um, so a ghost kitchen, they're also called cloud kitchens. Maybe that's a less scary term. Yes. Um, <laughs> they're professional sort of commercial kitchens set up to prepare delivery or pick up only meals. Um, so a ghost kitchen really has everything you need to make a restaurant quality meal, but there's just no actual dining room attached to the operation. And those meals are usually delivered through third party apps like Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates. Interesting. Okay, so it's like the restaurant without so much of the financial risks of fully staffing and operating a restaurant. And that's pretty ideal right now in many ways for these weird times that we're in, especially with those pandemic restaurant capacity limits still in play in San Diego County. Right. And since so many people are turning to take out these days anyway, the ghost kitchen model gives restaurants a built-in customer base through those apps and, you know, an easy and more viable way to get started and grow right now. So I like it. I'm going to talk about metaphorical ghosts with you. Only this time. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) All right. So well-known local celebrity chef Sam the Cooking Guy is actually launching a ghost kitchen right now with his hospitality partners, Grain and Grit Collective. And that's in Seaport Village, right? Yes. The location they signed a lease for earlier this year was the former site of Buster's Beach House and Longboard Bar, which was a longtime fixture of the Lighthouse District at the Landmark. And the spot is called Eats by Sam. And this marks Sam's and Grain and Grit's third local project together in just a couple of years. They also run Not Not Tacos at the Little Italy Food Hall and Graze by Sam, which is just across the way 
away also in Little Italy. Their vision with this seaport village space is to eventually remodel it and turn it into a full-fledged waterfront restaurant. But for now, to get it going in the pandemic, they're going to activate it as a ghost kitchen that will offer takeout, delivery, and a little bit of outdoor seating on site. Uh, so the kitchen will sort of build its way up to incorporate several different concepts. But to start, the menu is all about Sam burgers and sandwiches. <laughs> Very Sam. Um, okay, well, fans of Sam's YouTube cooking show will certainly get a kick out of some of these menu items. Uh, Sam joined our podcast this week to talk about the project and what it's like running his restaurants right now in the middle of the pandemic. So let's go ahead and go into that conversation right now. Hi, Sam. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Pleasure. How are you? Good. It's really good to see you. Nice to see you guys. So it's been a while since we caught up with you. And, yeah. Uh, we wanted to kind of see how are you doing? How are Not Not Tacos and Grays going? They're going really well. They're going surprisingly well. You know, we have the advantage of being on the piazza. So we naturally have outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. People were used to coming, getting food, either sitting on our patio areas or getting a, a table and, you know, the, it's like 10,000 square f- foot uh, piazza. It's a natural place. It's outside. It's beautiful. You look one direction, you see the church. You look the other direction, you see the ocean. It's, it's everything that we wanted it to be. Uh, I mean, of course, nobody wanted a pandemic, but, but it's just got that, uh, that, we're adults, like we live in Europe, and we can figure out how to uh, uh, eat and drink outside without, uh, you know, the fighting like your football team just lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, when we first opened, the, the city allowed the alcohol license in the whole piazza just for beer and wine. They were concerned that hard alcohol would bring in uh, an element that might not be so desirable. And about to five months into that, they went, you know, you've run the experiment. It's clear that it's working. Mm. So now the full alcohol license is there. You can't bring alcohol to the piazza. You can't take right. it off the piazza. Right. But you consume it there. So we're lucky we have that space. Yeah. We haven't opened up Grays yet for people to come inside. Um, you know, I think it's more about our employees mm-hmm. and not wanting them to be in close quarters. Honestly, Candice, and I'm sure you've seen this, as I look around at what restaurants are doing, and God bless them, everybody's trying to, to make money because they weren't for so many months. It's still difficult. Right. But I feel like some of the restaurants are really pushing the limits of what's allowed. I'm seeing people far too close, mm-hmm. uh, far, far too inside of a restaurant, which I guess if you go by the rule, you're allowed, but I'm looking, I'm going, there's no way it's 25%. There's right. 25%. So people got to make money. It's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Well, Sam, we're, we're definitely talking about, you know, the trend of ghost kitchens this week and yeah. that being kind of one of those strategies to adapt to these, you know, strange times we're in. Um, we knew about your Seaport Village project a while ago. So tell us just a little bit about what drew you to the Seaport Village site in the first place, even pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, the Port of San Diego has um, history, very positive history with 
my partners that have Carnita Snack Shack down on the Embarcadero. Right. So I think they were looking for someone to come into that the Buster space that we took and do something fun and exciting. I mean, really, they're trying to bring people back down to Seaport Village again. When we first came to San Diego 32 years ago, we would go down there with our kids. We would take our visitors down there. It was a really great spot. And then uh, I don't know what happened. It became too touristy or, or whatever. And, and the business started to drop off and lots of empty vacancies. And, and um, so I think they were looking at the busters people. And the busters people were only prepared to uh, renew their lease, I guess, one chunk at a time. They were not saying, give us five years or 10 years. And I think that's, that they just wanted some fresh blood in there. So they knew us and they came and they said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing anything? We took a look and it was a big space. We liked the idea of, of a proper, big old sit down, brick and mortar kind of thing, which we hadn't quite done yet. And, um, and we took it. And then, and then the pandemic hit. And then of course, the cruise ships that are critical to seaport village traffic stopped. The conventions that live in the downtown hotels, uh, that business stopped and everything just sort of dried up down there. So we just were sat on hold and we were looking at it. We're saying, well, now what are we going to do? We're going to try and open it as a restaurant with 25% occupancy for now or for God knows how long. Or can we maybe put it to a, a better use? And we'd been talking about uh, other concepts and what, how and where. And then one day the light bulb went off and went, wait a second, here's a perfect opportunity it's an 8,000 square foot restaurant. I don't know what the kitchen space represents, maybe 2,500 square feet. It's a lot. I mean, certainly is a lot for us. If you look at what we have at Not Not, which is this big and grays, which is almost tinier, basically with an easy bake oven, uh, this was an opportunity to do some fun stuff in a big space. So we said, why can't we run a couple of our ideas uh, out of this space and try and do takeout, delivery, and then now, as we're seeing, now that we're getting closer, there is a significant amount of foot traffic. I don't know about all of Seaport Village, but where we are on the seawall, just down from Sally's, tons of people walking by. It's a beautiful deck. You sit right there, you look at the marina. So we thought, wait, let's do this. Takeout, delivery. And now people can come up, order off a kiosk. Uh, have a drink, a cocktail, beer, wine, whatever, and sit and eat right here in this beautiful deck. Watch people walk by. It's great people watching the marina. It's fantastic. So we said, let's go for it. So the first two we're busting out, as you guys probably heard, is our uh, Samburgers and our sandwiches. And um, uh, we're excited about that. Uh, we have a third one called East by Sam that would have decidedly uh, Asian influence that we're holding back on. We're just trying to see how we do with these too much too soon is, as we know, is a bad thing. Yeah. We've all seen stores and businesses and restaurants go, well, if one is good, 25 has got to be really good. Let's go. And then just, you know, the bottom falls out. So it's, it's, it's kind of walk before you run. We have takeout experience. We have pickup experience. We have delivery experience because of grays and not, not. And of course, that has increased since the pandemic hit. And it's increased for a couple of reasons. One, because that's just how people are eating. But two, more importantly, we knew that it, there needed to be a pivot there at some point. 
if you never talk about having takeout food or delivery food, people don't know and people don't think of that. So we upped our marketing on that, our conversation about that. And, you know, at Gray's, I think uh, uh, our flatbreads are fantastic. But our flatbreads delivered or picked up cold and then finished in your own oven for five minutes makes them just like at the restaurant. So, so we started doing that and people responded well. So we take that experience. We now do sandwiches and sandburgers and a smallish menu. I think there's six burgers that you can either do with our ground beef blend or salmon or chicken or a, a, a impossible uh, blend um, and nine sandwiches. So we're not doing anything crazy. We're not coming out of the box and, and, and busting out a, a cheesecake factory size menu <laughs> because that would be nuts. That's good though. That, that can be overwhelming for people, you know? And I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like with the baby steps, kind of no reason to rush right now into a whole bunch of stuff, you know? You know, you yeah. think about um, uh, in and outs early success and even to this day, yeah. uh, l- less is really more. I, I've always questioned how Cheesecake Factory, and I've only eaten there once and I had a terrible experience. They were closing, they didn't, they let us in, but they didn't want, it doesn't matter. But I've always wondered how you can do like 500 menu items or whatever the number is, maybe 100, uh, do them all well. So we're trying right. to be great at the very small handful of ones that we have. So uh, it's an interesting sort of hybrid between like the cloud kitchen and, you know, sort of a sit down thing. And so tell us about like actually how it will work. People will have to order like at a, at a station, at a kiosk to get their food. Yeah, so so of course, of course you'll be able to use the third party uh, delivery services to order from. Uh, You go, you'll be able to go on our site and and order from us. You want to just come pick up. And every restaurant would rather you use their own site and pick up because then there aren't these fees that the third party guys get. And you know what? They're look, they're in business to be in business. They're in business to make money. They're entitled to that. But if you have a choice, if you live three doors away from your favorite uh, pizza place, I would encourage you to use their site to order and go pick up. Yeah. Let them save the percentage that they have to give away. So yes, those, those options are available, but you'll be able to walk right up and there'll be a kiosk right there. You're punching your order. You can pay right there. You know, these days it's the QR code. It's simple. You don't have to touch any money. You don't take anything out of your pocket. You can just do it right there on, on your phone. And it's great. Um, so we, I, you know, is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, daytime lunch or dinner going to be busy down there for foot traffic? That remains to be seen. I can tell you that weekends are super busy and it looks like people would love to find a spot just to kick back, sit down, have a cocktail or a beer and a sandwich or burger or something. So we're very excited and encouraged about that. Um, but you know, this, this, the, 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 was the ex CEO of Uber has now started this, this uh, cloud kitchen concept and he's taking down, 10, 15,000, 20,000 square foot buildings mm-hmm. and parceling it off into little baby kitchens mm-hmm. that people will rent from them and then they can start their own business. I remember when food trucks first came out, it was a really easy way for a, a uh, chef or cook to try their concept without spending the hundreds of thousands of dollars that a brick and mortar would take. Right. It might've been a $50,000 expense, but it still got them out there. And, 
this, the cloud kitchen concept um, in this sort of the Uber world of it is even easier because you just start paying rent right away. And I mean, you find a space, you like it, you could actually be up and running on your website or the third delivery guys within a few days if you wanted to go that fast. Right. So it's a good idea. I really think that that's the way people are moving towards. Restaurants are never going away, but right now, the way things are going, we have great business down at Gray's. But as I look at everybody walking by or who could come to the restaurant, I know there's people that are saying, I don't want to go out. I don't care how open the outside is. I'm not comfortable. I'd rather pick up or have it delivered. So. Yeah. And I, I also think that, you know, seven months into this thing, a lot of people are getting very used to some of these habits that we've created over the last few months. So maybe somebody who wasn't that into takeout or pickup options in the past is now like, you know, it's actually kind of nice, like to eat this in my sweatpants. Like I'm okay yeah. with that, you know, you're hundred percent right, Monica. The, the thinking has changed. I mean, as look, you said it seven months, if yeah. it was a one month blip, I don't know that that changes patterns and habits. But seven months, I mean, I looked the other day at people wearing masks like they're wearing shoes when they're outside. It's just part of life now. Yeah. And how, how long this will last, certainly well into next year. Yeah. Whether it goes beyond that, I have no idea. But people have adapted. In the beginning, yeah. everybody was making jokes about the masks and e e even doing this or touching elbows. I mean... Yeah, it's funny that you say that the other day I was getting my daughter ready for school and you know, we always pick out the outfit the night before and now it's like the outfit gets picked out and then the mask for the <clears> day and I'm like, I cannot believe that this is part of her wardrobe now but you know, there. luckily I have a wonderful friend who makes masks for her and so yeah. it's part of like the exciting part of picking out her outfit for school, you know, but I'm like, yeah. wow, this yeah. is for sure like part of our daily routine now and you know, we just try to keep it positive as positive as we can. It's, uh, it's significant, and if this is how people are going to choose to eat, uh, as an option at least, uh, we're going to be there and, and hope they like our stuff. The other thing that we like is that it lets us uh, test or prove a concept really quickly, yeah. either individual items or a whole concept. You know, right. If we try the, the East by Sam the Cooking Guy, the Asian one, um, and it fails miserably, well, I tell you what, I'm glad – that it failed at that level rather than us taking, uh, you know, 1500 square feet of vacant space. That's, 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 you know, was just sitting there waiting. Mm -hmm. It's a good testing ground. The other thing that works is that if these are successful on the level that we expect and hope for, we can duplicate Samburgers and or sandwiches in about 10 seconds in other places, not just San Diego, mm -hmm. but up and down the state, wherever we want to go or anywhere if it works. And the idea for us is that we can take an existing restaurant, sorry, not take, go into an existing restaurant that may not be at 100% capacity. That when you pick up uh, your phone and you find, for example, Samburgers and you order uh, one of our burgers, do you care where it comes from? Do you even know where it comes from? When you order a pizza now from, from the Pizza Hut, you have no idea which Pizza Hut makes that. And it doesn't matter. You don't care. You just want a good product. Well, if we go into Orange County in a restaurant that is not at capacity for whatever reason, maybe before the pandemic or because of the pandemic, 
and they've got some bandwidth. It lets us go in there, lets us start to market our product, our Sandburgers in Orange County. It lets gives them the opportunity to a, be busier, c, b, make some money from there. We're sharing that space. Maybe it'd be tough to do that in a Ruth's Chris or something like that, but they have to have the equipment, whatever flat top for our purposes and stuff like that. But it starts to become a, a win-win uh, for everybody. And, and that's the goal. We, we want to do well, but if this can also be part of another restaurant's current makeup and gives them extra, then that's fantastic. Yeah. Would you would you keep it virtual or would you like to, you know, eventually have uh, a sit down component of all these? Um, as you certainly. Yes. Yeah. So certainly we've been on the hunt for um, another not not. Uh, it's been very successful. The concept really works here. And while one woman on Yelp said we were making a mockery of the Mexican people by not serving Mexican tacos, I'm like, holy crap. Ma'am, please. The name says pretty much. I mean, I guess we could have called it not Mexican tacos, but not not tacos is much more fun. Um, so regardless they're not, of that, not tacos. Right. If they're not not tacos, it always has made sense. We've been looking for one. And the problem is, is you know, we hit uh, all things right with our first location in the, the Piazza Food Hall. So now we're, now we're being especially careful with what would be number two. But this economy, this pandemic, this market right now, I believe will be bringing uh, real estate opportunities that aren't there right this minute. And um, Sadly, it saddens but, me yeah. to think that, our, that you know this, Candace, maybe better than anybody, seeing the writing, getting a sense of what's going on out there. There are restaurants, businesses, retail, whatever, that haven't closed permanently yet they are going to. Mm-hmm. We're coming into the winter months. I don't know what's going to happen. Look, we're well, be- we're much better suited here in San Diego than our our restaurant friends in New York and and Pittsburgh and Philly and stuff like that. We've got you know pretty nice weather most of the time. Yeah. So we'll be better off. And people in winter here with a couple of heat lamps are still okay to sit outside because we don't have that Seattle dumping rain every day for a month at a time. Yeah. But there will be opportunities coming up that we'll be looking at uh, and um, uh, hope that we can find some, some, a couple of spots testing Sam burgers first. If, if it works well, would it make sense as a small proper sit down with a bar and, you know, and the people can go in. Yeah. We love that idea. But so this now is an opportunity for us to try and, poke that balloon a little bit and see if it uh, if it does the right things for us. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Let's go back into a little bit more of our conversation with Sam. One of my sons uh, who was born here is a an American, but I think he's almost more Canadian than I am. He keeps saying, "Let's why don't we move back to Canada? We've got lots of family there. And I keep saying, no, why, why would I want to live here? Just when I think about the weather itself, yeah. I don't, what is that expression? You can't go home again. I don't think I can. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I mean, this is home. Yeah. yeah. I remember we lived here about uh, five years. And for that full five years, I always thought, not to be morbid, but when I passed away, I would be buried back home in Vancouver. And then one year, somebody said to me, you know, where do you live? Blah, blah, blah. 
they asked me that question. I went to San Diego and it just, it hit me right then. No, this is for sure home. And I have no intention of, of going anywhere. Yeah. Especially with a, you know, a bunch of couple small restaurants and a yeah. few burgeoning ones. I know. I, we are just saying like, we can't, this is great. You're on your third, you know? So really like yeah. moving along pretty quickly in the last couple of years. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, so Sam, you talked a little bit about what's on the menu and stuff with, with Sam, Samburgers and sandwiches. Um, yeah. Are there things on there that your YouTube fans will recognize? There absolutely will be. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of the burgers that we've done absolutely on there. One we call our not so basic burger is, is a classic smash patty, uh, cheese, great. We call it drive through sauce and, um, uh, caramelized onions on top. Great brioche vine. It's just what I think has just become, in my mind, a classic burger. When I want a burger, that's the one I think I would reach for first, and we believe will be certainly the most important. But we have a jalapeno, a burger with Monterey Jack cheese, and what I think is my great guacamole on top of it. Uh, we have a chicken smash burger. We've done, in fact, those two, the chicken smash burger, we've done on the YouTube channel. Nice. Uh, we're doing a chicken bacon ranch sandwich that we've done on YouTube that was stupidly popular. We're doing another one. It's um, soy rizzo and guacamole, sort of a torta. I mean, my version of a sandwich I had in, uh, in um, Mexico years ago, the day we were leaving, we stopped at this little place and I had this sandwich. I came back and two days later, I did my own version of it for YouTube. And it's... it's <laughs> you couldn't it's, stop thinking about it. <laughs> I, couldn't, I could not stop thinking about it. And now it's probably just, I fabricated this in my mind. My version's better than the one I had that day in Mexico. <laughs> and I don't know that that could be true. Mexican food does not get better really than Mexico. I mean, we yeah. do an amazing job up here, but come on. It's the mothership of all great, of all great Mexican uh, food items. So, sure. so yeah, we're, look, we're really excited about that. And there's absolutely people that come to Gray's now that are a, a fans of the channel. We just hit, uh, just went over two and a quarter million subscribers, which is wow, just a ridiculously big number. Yeah. Thanks. But it means there's an awful lot of eyeballs seeing it right. yeah. and people will come to graze or not, not and go, I watched you make that taco or that flatbread. And that's the one that I want. But you know, when we first opened, sorry, when we first opened, not, not, I put a couple tacos on that I'd done on TV and in my first cookbook and friends of mine were like, listen, bro. And they get all closed. You can't put those tacos on the menu. And I go, what do you mean? They go, well, why would somebody order an item that they know how to make? And I said, you're missing a very important part of why people go out to eat. You go out to eat because you're hungry, not just because you want something that you don't know how to make. We've all had a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup in a restaurant, and I think we can all make that. Sometimes yeah. you go up because you don't want to make it. You don't feel like it. You don't know how you want somebody to cook for you, whatever it is. And honestly, the, the Kelly shrimp taco on not nuts menu. I've done a jillion times in public on TV in a book. It's probably consistently in the top three or four of all tacos. Mm. Does that, does your YouTube channel really inform your menus? Like, do you, you know, you look at which, which recipes got the most views and that's how you, you know, choose what to feature or are people you know are tons of people watching your kind of asian video uh, food videos and is that how yeah. you kind of came up with the east 
It's a, it's a, it, I think the East thing came, Candace, because I've always been a fan of Asian food, right? I'm, I'm never going to re- reproduce what some of the better Chinese restaurants in, in San Diego have done or ones yeah. in Vancouver, stuff like that. But, but my version, my, you know, uh, uh, Jewish Canadian boy version from Vancouver, <laughs> I think is great. But yeah, so certainly we've been influenced by that. Um, Maybe you have to call it not not Asian food. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> well, look at, right at uh, Gray's, we already <laughs> we have uh, pastrami egg rolls. Uh, we call them the Philly cheesesteak. Sorry, Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. They're definitely not Asian in nature because of the cheesesteak and and the, the cheese whiz and stuff that is part of them. But uh, but they're really popular people like them it seems like the weirder junk that i make kind of tends to be you know welcomed with open arms so we're not the year of risk and change (laughs) that's that's exactly right and that's the beautiful part of of these ideas that we have if we're selling sambergers for three weeks and uh the 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 teriyaki bacon doesn't get uh, bought ever or ordered then great. That's maybe it's time to sub that out and start talking about another one. Yeah. Fortunately, I've got a, a, a great platform to talk about these things. The social media affords us the opportunity these days to, to test the water, to talk to people, find out what they're thinking. And that stuff's really important. Um, a good friend of mine at uh, Cali Comfort Barbecue, Sean Walshaf, is a proponent of restaurants taking I don't have it here, cell phone in hand and being proactive with your business. I don't know the exact words, but he goes, this is the the strongest, most important marketing tool that you've got. And restaurants that are not taking advantage of that, I think you're making a mistake. We're in a good position. We got a lot of eyeballs on us, so we can test the water with this. I could say in one uh, Instagram post, choose between these three. What would you like to see most? What would you like to try most? And then it's this one, then maybe we run with that one for a while. You can do that. It's, it's an easy thing to do when it's, you've not got 2,500 square feet and a giant staff and you're, you know, you're dependent on, on the uh, very expensive menu that you've printed or is up in the wall, that kind of stuff. We can make a change in two seconds. 2020 is the year of the pivot if it's nothing else. Yep. It really is. And, and the people that have chosen to embrace that, I think, are the people that are seeing a much more positive outcome. Ones that have said, well, screw it. This is the way it is. Uh, there's nothing more that I can do uh, than what I'm doing now. Uh, well, those are the guys that sadly um, are not going to do all that well and maybe not make it. And I, my heart breaks for them. Nobody wants to see you know, uh, our restaurant family and retail family friends uh go out of business nobody wants that but it's for sure challenging but pivotal yeah this is the year of the pivot for sure uh so how long do you see the ghost kitchen running at seaport village i mean i know that you guys want to do you know the whole remodel and do a full-fledged restaurant eventually but when will when will you know you know when to switch I, I think uh, for for a proper sit down at Seaport, we're going to need to see a significant uptick in, in bodies in that part of San Diego. The hotels are going to have to get busier. 
you know, it's a big space. And one of the things we liked about it was doing private events. It's ideally situated for the Comic-Con groups and the people that come, you know, the, 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 the New England Journal of Medicine convention every year, if there even is one, or dentists from the National Dental Society. There's only so many dinners in a hotel that you can have when they start to feel really stale and old and, oh, look, another buffet line where you lift up a chafing lid and there's, you know, eggplant farm or something like that. Yeah. So we love the idea of giving them a, a, a very new, not new, but a, but a different view than what that would uh, afford them. The second floor of Buster's is a big private room that looks out onto the, the, the marina and the uh, seawall. Out back is a big courtyard. We do private events there. We can be cooking live for people. We can be catering from the inside. So this was a really big part of what made this opportunity attractive for us. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So it's going to take a significant uptick in, in just body traffic for us to, I think, start to say, all right, now's the time to spend the money. And hopefully we see that we're on the front side of that. So we do the remodel before there's a whole bunch of people there. We'd, of course, like to time it, be geniuses and go, all right, our crystal ball says four months from now, things are going to be great. Let's start taking out carpet and doing things now. But, but who knows how that's going to work. I've been you know, impressed the way Seaport Village and the port is, is reprogramming the development. I mean, considering it's, you know, on the front lines of, of, you know, people coming to town and the fact that they're, you know, filling it with mostly locals. Yeah. I feel like that's a big, big change. I'll, I'll say this. There was a clearly a shift in the people on the, the port of San Diego's board that were responsible for, for Seaport Village. I think, I don't know for sure, and I don't want to diss anybody, and I don't know enough names to even say any, but it felt like Seaport Village became stagnant and stayed that way for a long time. The people that are in those port uh, seats now have said, look, this, is, this once was a jewel in San Diego like we have other jewels. Say what you want about being a local and wanting to go to a tourist location. I've already said we used to do it but it's an important part for our economy. Lots of people would go there. And it fell into, honestly, I think it fell into disrepair and nobody cared. Now there's, now there's people on the board um, that have taken the position, let's get proactive about this. Let's go looking for people that we want to put in there. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Templeton from Barley Mash is right beside us with his new coffee place. Love Kevin. Who doesn't love Kevin? He's a great guy. He and, was and my am- husband's former boss. Okay, and do we all know that Kevin is uh, is a um, a a heavy metal band? Yes, member? that's the craziest part. <laughs> I think my it's- ears are still ringing from from. Uh, yeah, the chef bands, right? <laughs> When I, I mean, and the funny thing is, he's so soft-spoken. He's just a gentle guy. And then he gets on stage, and he gets into the black T-shirt, and there's ink all over him, and they start to bang their heads, and oh, my God, they're amazing. I really, I think they're a great pan. But, but uh, so he'll be there. But the port has been re- super, who do we want? 
Let's not just sit up, put a for lease sign and, and expect some uh, uh, 800 uh, restaurant or shop chain to come in here and take up space. Let's go looking for what we want. And that's how they, they came to us. And we're excited about that. And we thank them for this opportunity. And, and I think it's going to be a mutual um, uh, beneficial relationship. So I, we just kind of want to know how are you, you know, you're a couple years into this restaurant owner thing. You're, yeah. you know, a real deal, real deal restaurateur. How, how are you feeling about the whole thing? And what, if anything, kind of keeps you up at night or, you know, gets you? You know, I, 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 I feel like the, the luckiest kid on the planet sometimes for the way that my relationship works with my grain and grit partners. I stayed out of the restaurant business for the longest time, Candace, as you know, because I knew I didn't know how to run a restaurant and people would say, you're going to open a restaurant. Aren't you? Why don't you open a restaurant? How come you're not opening a restaurant when you get going? And I'd say, you know, I looked at some locations and finally came to the conclusion that I did not know how to run a restaurant just because you stand in front of a camera and cook doesn't mean your food's any good. I've got 15 Emmys. And I know I say that to some people and they're like, wow, this food must be great. They're not for food. The people judging Emmys aren't judging my food. They're judging the entertainment. So I know, I've always thought my food was good. I can cook for 10 people, 20 people, 50 people. But how to do hundreds of people consistently day after day after day and the equipment and the staffing and the, the, the machinery and the the POS systems and how much brisket to order today so you don't run out, but it's not going bad five days from now, that kind of thing. That was nothing that was in my head and nothing I would ever be good at doing. So when they came and they said, let's become partners and here's the deal. You do you. You be Sam the cooking guy. You can be the brand. You can be the inspiration. You'll be all the food and we'll take care of running the restaurant part. And I will say it has been Truly a very positive experience. Thank you so much, Sam. Yes, we thank really you, appreciate Sam. it. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Let me just shameless plug, plug my fourth book comes out November 10th. Perfect. Well, it's <laughs> nice being back. See it's nice you. seeing you guys. Okay, so that was some good insight from Sam, but he's not the only big name jumping on the ghost kitchen trend locally. Yeah, let's talk about two other ghost kitchens in San Diego. One is a project from Grammy-nominated rapper Wiz Khalifa, who recently debuted a delivery-only restaurant in San Diego called Hotbox by Wiz. Okay, so I definitely didn't see this one coming. I loved it when you shared the story with me, Candice. Uh, so the setup for this one is pretty cool. The, the menu for Hotbox by Wiz is available via all major delivery apps, and it includes dishes like barbecue burnt ends and mac and cheese nuggets crusted with hot Cheetos. Yeah, it definitely has sort of a, um, so we say comfort food, maybe stoner friendly menu. Yeah, definitely that munchy vibe. Right. Uh, so it's run by Next Nextbite, which is a Denver-based company that creates delivery-only on-demand food concepts. And the initial rollout includes, of course, San Diego, but also LA, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Denver, Houston, and New York. And fans of the concept can vote online for Hotbox to expand to other cities. 
Very cool. Yeah, I didn't know was Khalifa was was into restaurants. That's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I, I feel like it's an easy way for really, you know, anyone to kind of get into the game. Yeah, exactly. Just like how Sam talked about. I mean, a lot less risk involved in this kind of project. And uh, it's probably one of those ideas that's going to stick around. So interesting. Okay, so the other local ghost kitchen that we'd like to tell you about is called Tokyo Hot Chicken. And this one is exclusive to San Diego, and it runs out of a kitchen that's already pretty well known, and that's the kitchen at Aisha Curry's and Chef Michael Mina's International Smoke Restaurant at One Paseo. Candice, what do you know about this one? Well, the project is from celebrity chef Michael Mina and his restaurant group, The Mina Group. Um, you know, it's a ghost kitchen in, in every sense of the, the trend and the word, um, a delivery-only restaurant that relies on an app to reach its customers. In this case, they're using DoorDash. Right now, the delivery range is pretty limited just to within six miles of an international smoke in Carmel Valley. Um, You know, so North County people can sort of get to it. Yeah, there's a little reach there for sure. Okay, um, and this ghost kitchen, it focuses on Tokyo hot chicken, which combines the classic Nashville specialty that I know that you've written so much about, Candice, and it combines it with Japanese-style fried chicken flavors. Yeah, it seems like we're being flooded with Nashville-style chicken lately. Um, so the, the group told me that they're planning to run this pop-up indefinitely. So if you're new to no- ghost kitchens and you're in the North County, it sounds like something you can check out. Definitely. Well, good stuff, Candice. What an interesting trend to emerge from the pandemic. I'm really enjoying watching, you know, these new things kind of arise from a really difficult situation and how people are adapting to the climate and, you know, still finding ways to run a business. I mean, we have to make money somehow, you know? I know it's all about being resourceful and I've been so impressed with what we've been seeing. Yeah, definitely. And on top of the entrepreneurial, you know, spirit that we see, I just, I just really like watching people challenge themselves and push themselves you know mentally too and in a difficult time it's cool to see people rise and figure it out thanks for hanging out with us again we've covered all of the stories that we mentioned today in our eater san diego and nbc7 roundups which publish every friday on the scene section of nbc7.com you can find those by searching eater san diego You can also find everything we talked about today in our podcast show notes article, also on NBC7.com, and you can find an article on SanDiego.Eater.com. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to Scene in San Diego on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher, wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. We'll talk again soon. 